recipe for a stercoraceous heap of compost in which to grow cucumbers. We salute to some outstandingly memorable professional gardeners, that finished grower of the plum, James Phillips of Erdig, Robert Louis Stevenson's uncompromising Robert, a Don Quixote who had come through the training of the Covenant, and the redoubtable bloomer-clad women of Kew in the 1890s. Finally, there is a look at the many different ways in which gardening offers solace to the soul. A garden teaches many things, patience, according to Bunyan, philosophical resignation, according to Voltaire. In it, a dejected bricklayer can reflect on unfulfilled youthful promise, and a bishop can find a lesson about gallantry in the face of death. Swinburne mourns lost roses and lovers in one forsaken garden. Francis Hodgson Burnett finds hope for the future in another. And D. H. Lawrence marvels at God cudgelling his mighty brain to create the intensely sensuous red geranium. This anthology ends rather as I began composing it, in a garden looking at books, with three visions of using the garden as a library. Part 1. Lovers of Gardens and Lovers in Gardens Then God said, Let the earth produce fresh growth. Let there be on earth plants bearing seed, fruit trees bearing fruit, each with seed according to its kind. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, away to the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. The Lord God made trees spring from the ground, all trees pleasant to look at and good for food. And in the middle of the garden he set the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Genesis The world can brag of no more ancient monument than paradise and the Garden of Eden. And the fruits of the earth may contend for seniority, seeing their mother was the first creature that conceived, and they themselves the first fruit she brought forth. Talk of perfect happiness or pleasure, and what place was so fit for that as the garden place where Adam was set to be the herbalist? Whither did the poets hunt for their sincere delights, but into the gardens of Alcinous, of Adonis, and the orchards of Hesperides? Where did they dream that heaven should be but in the pleasant garden of Elysium? Whither do all men walk for their honest recreation but thither, where the earth hath most beneficially painted her face with flourishing colours? And what season of the year is more longed for than the spring, whose gentle breath entices forth the kindly sweets and makes them yield their fragrant smell? Who would therefore look dangerously up at planets that might safely look down at plants? Thus wrote John Gerard in The Herbalist, published in 1597. He was right about the poet's love of gardens, but they were not the only ones who loved them. And then, again from the very beginning, there was love in the garden. 
The first part of this anthology begins with the enthusiasm of lovers of gardens and moves on to the enthusiasm of lovers in gardens. Homeward Tao Yanming was a 4th century Chinese poet who gave up the frustrations of working for the government to live as a reclusive, self-sufficient farmer. He called himself the Gentleman of the Five Willows. The poem describes the relief of returning to his garden. Homeward I bend my steps. My fields, my gardens are choked with weeds. Should I not go? My soul has led a bondsman's life. Why should I remain to pine? But I will waste no grief on the past. I will devote my energies to the future. I have not wandered far astray. I feel that I am on the right track once again. Lightly, lightly speeds my boat along, my garments fluttering to the gentle breeze. I inquire my route as I go.